The following episode of the Comics and Crypto podcast is for informational purposes only, and anything expressed by the hosts or their guests is solely their opinion. This podcast does not constitute financial advice, and anyone wishing to invest should seek their own independent financial or professional help. Have fun and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean O'Hare, and I know comics. Hi, I'm Spencer Vogel, and I know crypto. Hi, I'm Kevin Lee Loader, and I don't know shit. This is the Comics and Crypto Podcast. Comics and Crypto, Crypto and Comics, Collectors World in a Digital Age. Comics and Crypto, Crypto and Comics is where the next billionaires will be rich. Comics and Crypto. What is up, VV fam? Thanks so much for stopping by today. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of renting collectibles and why it's significant and why there's massive potential. Kev, tell us why it's going to be amazing. Go. Uh, you can make monies. Not bad. Spencer, go. <laughs> you can make monies? You wrote the notes. Read the notes, Spencer. <laughs> we're professionals. I swear. I promise you all. We are professionals. <laughs> Please stay. <laughs> At least stay subscribed. <laughs> well, these edits are going to be terrible. Please do that. I'm not going to edit this out. So, Spencer, what are some examples? I mean, is this happening right now in Web3? Are there are there places or opportunities where you can rent out your owned assets for money and make passive income? Definitely. Yeah. A couple that I know of off the top of my head, Splinterlands. Splinterlands is a trading card game. They've been around for at least like two or three years now at this point. You can basically play the game and it's a play and earn game. So by playing their, their actual trading card game against other players, you can earn money. Um and if you don't have time to actually play the game, you can rent your cards out to other players uh, for you know a small amount of money per card per however much time you're renting it out for. And you can actually earn passive income on those cards. We know somebody that's one of the higher guys on the leaderboard. And he was telling us at one point he was making $500 a day. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. $500 a day, passive income. That's incredible. Granted, that was like at the the peak of NFTs. So sure. probably yeah. probably not making quite as much anymore. But still, I mean, even if he's making $100 a day, that's still $100 that he didn't have in his pocket. So yeah, just passive yeah. income just because of the assets that you own that are just sitting yep. in your vault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. incredible. Are there any other yeah. examples? Um, yeah, Axie Infinity is another really big one. So Axie Infinity doesn't have the exact same mechanism uh, of renting. But they have something that's more like uh, they call it a scholarship program. So basically what you can do is lend your assets out to other players and they can play on your behalf. And then you can basically split the profits with them. So like Axie Infinity has a mechanism where you can pretty much like give somebody uh, like a, a you know, login credentials for an account where you still maintain full ownership of the assets. They're not able to, to mess with them, remove them, but they're able to still use them, play the game, and then you can pay them out. Um, so like, for example, I had a, a whole scholarship program with Axie Infinity. I had about, I think at, at its peak, about 10 scholars um, back like it was like summer 2021 uh, last summer. Yeah, I had like 10 people in the Philippines that were playing this game for me. I didn't really have time to actually play the game myself. Frankly, I didn't really enjoy playing the game. Uh, but there's these people that that did want to play. So I was able to lend my assets out to them. And it was able to be a you know very equitable relationship for both of us. You know, we we split the profits 50-50. You know, I did kind of like the the managerial stuff of you know doing the accounting and making sure people got paid when they need to get paid, you know, kind of like any manager does. But they were able to play. And what's great is that they weren't able to afford the assets to play the game themselves. But because I own the assets and I was able to give it to them for free to basically use it. So then basically they could just use their time uh to earn money for both of us. So, you know, that that's another mechanism that's that's hugely important. But you know, where we've seen a lot of this this renting activity has mostly been in gaming. This is exactly what we've been talking about. 
The VV community has been talking about this as well. If you own these assets, they're going to be so far out of reach. The only way to actually access them and utilize them, if there is any gamification or or play to play to earn style gaming like you're talking about right now, mm. is to rent out the assets. That's the only way to, to have, actually have an opportunity to get involved. It's a brilliant opportunity, right? Because the demand we know is there because you can, if, especially if it's a play to earn style game. Well, hypothetically, there's been a lot of speculation mm -hmm. around the Mighties potentially having a, a game around them. But let's mm -hmm. just say, again, hypothetically, this is no, there's no inside source here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pure 100% speculation on our end. But let's say if there is an opportunity to play to earn style gaming, for the Mighties, what what kind of opportunity are we looking at, guys? Yeah, especially something like the like Doctor Doom, like the Secret Rare. Like, do you know how many editions there are of that? It's only a, a few thousand, so right? It's the Ultra Rare, and I think there's around the ultra rare? three to five thousand between three to five. But still, I mean, you know, if you have fifty thousand players, a hundred thousand players, and only four thousand can can play with Doctor Doom, you know, there's going to be demand for that, especially if that character, because of its higher rarity, is more effective in the game and allows you to to get further or to make more money or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think the more scarce mighty is the Spider-Man 2099. That one's the actual secret rare. Nice. It was the first secret rare actually for the mm. mighties. But, but yeah, going back just for collector's value, there's a lot of first appearances, including the entire Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. Imagine if there's actually a play to play to earn style gaming. That, that uses this. those. And then yeah. in addition to them being usable and having value in a game, they also happen to be first appearances as well. Like it's, crazy combo but would you actually play with these assets i know we've talked about that in the past kevin has been very passionate about this so based on our conversation with kevin and it makes total sense these actual assets unless they're altered most likely will not be able to be used in a game however is there a way around that yeah you I mean you can make a digital avatar version of that that uses that can be used in the game instead of the actual model that you have they create mm -hmm. a copy that's used in the game that's a little bit lower resolution. It can actually work in any like video game engine software. Yeah. And the NFT basically just acts as your access to that character in the game that's represented. They can re represent it however they want to. You know, they yeah. could make a, a Superman be represented as a Batman if they wanted to. It doesn't really matter. But the, the mm -hmm. token basically proves the ownership that you, you own that asset. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, for gamification, but also you were looking at potential... Uh, metaverse, you know, that they're creating as well, mm -hmm. have an opportunity to rent out certain collectibles that you can use to, mm -hmm. you know, get around the metaverse. Yeah, actually, I think the, you know, the vehicles parties. I think are gonna are gonna go yeah. for a lot, like the hoverboards, like bond cars, like the DB5, uh, DeLoreans, yeah. things like that that you can actually like use to get around. I think those are gonna be highly sought after. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's interesting now because people aren't really thinking about that. I mean, there are definitely people who are thinking about that, but there, I think majority of, of the community isn't really seeing that right now because there's, it's reflecting in the prices. Yeah. Right? And it's still so far out. Yeah, yeah. It's so far out. But having the opportunity to be one of only 500 people to have an Aston Martin DB5 from James Bond, I mean, good Lord, right? That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That's actually drivable. Or even just not having one that's drivable that you can just even just flex at parties and events, right? Because if you go to car shows, how many people have cars, really classic, awesome cars? They don't really want to drive around. They just want to show off. It's not unfeasible to think that's mm -hmm. a possibility. Especially with like one of ones. So like, you know, things that are tied to the publishing year. Those are things that are going to be really significant that somebody might want to, you know, display at a party and they might rent for a thousand dollars or something like that to rent that for a party to be able to show it off in their metaverse mansion, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and this is just the metaverse, right? What about mm -hmm. 
augmented reality. Yeah. I mean, now we're looking at, yeah, that's a whole In different the physical world now too. You can also use them. Yeah. Same with artwork, right? Same with artwork. Mm-hmm. So if you have like these posters from Mondo, for example, mm-hmm. Star Wars, the Star Wars film posters, the Disneyland ride posters, and those are doing actually holding up pretty well. But for the most part, a lot of these posters have dropped significantly in value. And it's because you can't really enjoy them right now. But what's really exciting is that when you actually try to put it up on your wall and your VV on the VV app, it looks awesome. It mm-hmm. looks really cool. And I remember the other day we were talking to somebody. He was saying, yeah, I love, I love buying all these posters, but there's just none, there's none enough room on the walls, right? Huh? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> well, there you go. You know, and, and he had no clue about the NFT space. Having an opportunity to rent these out and make a passive income is a really big deal. Are there any things on the app right now that you feel like have an opportunity for gamification? I mean, like lightsabers have a great opportunity to be in like a video game. Like if you're playing Star Wars and you want, you want to fight Darth Vader and you have Luke's lightsaber, that's really cool. Instead of just waving around, it actually has a point and a purpose. And obviously that's just speculation, but like that is a possibility for something in the future for something like that. Yeah, those lightsabers, man. To add to your point, the metaverse, but also an augmented reality that has opportunity for both. If they ever did a, a play to earn style gaming for Star Wars, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That'd oh, be insane. About it. You think so? Oh, 100%. It makes it just makes total sense. I mean, it's it's perfect, right? Because you have these assets that are just sitting there. They get they get 6% commission off every sale. Yeah. I think it really want to get to the point, though, when they're so expensive and they're so necessary. They're an asset that you really do need outside of just being a collector, people aren't going to sell as much. They're going to rent these out for gamification because then they'll take commission off that rental as well. Yeah. So they're making money now off renting and also sales. We recently bought a hundred lightsabers of the Luke Skywalker. Let's say hypothetically these lightsabers, you can rent them out and the floor is around a thousand dollars way out of reach for a lot of people. But if you can rent them out for a dollar a day, that's a great opportunity, right? So Let's say you have 100 lightsabers. You can rent them out for a dollar a day. That's $700 a week. That's $36,500 a year. Just purely just passive income, renting out collectibles that you already own. That's incredible, You know, especially if it's a play-to-earn style of gaming. You rent out the collectible because the incentive for that person that's renting it out, it's not just to enjoy and play with the collectible, right? They're actually having an opportunity to make money. So if they spend $10 to rent out the collectible and they make $150, or $200 that day, then it's it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Disney makes money off the rental. So even if they're not selling, they're still making money, which is a huge win, huge yeah. win for them. So yeah, that's why we're very excited about it. And it feels like a no-brainer, especially when you see a lot of these other Web3 companies and projects already doing it. They're succeeding. Thanks so much for joining everybody. Very excited to hear your thoughts in the comments down below, and we will see you in the next one.